Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Maggie Palmer. Hello, Maggie. Hey, Sarah. How goes life in Ohio? Oh, you know. (laughs) I feel like on all my Zoom meetings, I'm just used to saying, it's great. How about you? But (laughs) I don't know. It's like week 18... Thousand twenty one of homeschool yes. for me. Uh, Ohio, we started. I feel like March sixteenth. It was a while yeah. ago. Yeah, that is that's when Oregon stopped doing school as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but on a happier note, we are both training for marathons. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's going really well. I have to say, I've never followed a plan before. Uh, wait, wait. Do you mean for? E- for anything, because this is this is your debut marathon, are you saying you've never followed a training plan for any race before? No, I'm insane. Like, I've always just been the type of person that's like, Feel, feeling cute, Michael, run half marathon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, my husband is always like, how did you just, wh- how'd you go run, like, 13 miles? I'm like, I don't know. I just, like, I, sometimes I'll go on the towpath and just keep running and running, and he can see me on his, but, like, we're connected on our Apple Watches. Uh-huh. And he'll like text me. He's be like, are you okay? (laughs) Have you been abducted by someone who has you on their back? (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, you know, we're all runners. We get it. Like some days you run two miles and it feels like 12 and other days you're like, I was supposed to run six or eight or whatever. And you're like, why not 13? Wow. Oh, no, those days, that, that second scenario doesn't happen to me very often, if at all. <laughs> it's becoming less likely, but I think training is good because even if I feel good, I look at the training plan and I say, no, 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 it says mm-hmm. six miles. Like, that's it. I don't want to get shin splint. I have never had shin splints. Knock on uh, I'm knocking uh-huh. on wood, mm-hmm. but I have started to get them because oh. I'm running around my neighborhood and on my treadmill mm-hmm. and it's a lot of like I I'm not mixing it up with trails just because now I've I've kind of been avoiding trails mm. with everything going on I feel like everybody's out there people are walking their dogs that they've had for five years but never walked so it's like oh wow because you have dog qu- doesn't like people you have quite an extensive trail network it's not so much like people might think of trails in Colorado let's say like rutted and going over mountains and things like this this is a lot of as you call them towpaths and right is that what you yeah mean? so it's very accessible so yes. you've got the people walking five across you've got you know the the biker who's like thinks he's in some big uh race at the moment and almost <laughs> runs you over <laughs> and then you have the kids and the dogs and the and, trailers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just have a lot going on. And I'm like, and I saw two people getting a little argument about face masks. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to hang out on my treadmill. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the Nordic track. It's fun. I watch, I watch like reveal shows. So like I have to <laughs> reveal like shows. This restaurant reveal where they, it's like, I've invested 45 minutes. I've got to see what they did with it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Did you watch uh, uh, Making the Cut on Amazon Prime, the Heidi Klum, Tim Gunn, like, you know, the new version? I'm not. Oh, you got to watch it. It's good. It's good. It's good. Um, Particularly because, and I think I've said this before on a different episode, but it's, you know, for a while they're in Paris and then Tokyo. And so I'm really into shows that, that where you get to go somewhere as part of- Well, that's what I'm watching, Restaurants on the Edge. Mm -hmm. And they go- like they were just in China. And so that's the other reason, like you, I like it. Cause it's like, it's oh, escapist. I get to see some, mm-hmm. somewhere new. Yeah. And 
and this place is a mess. I wonder how they're going <laughs> to turn it around. And then I'm like, I want to get off the treadmill, but I'm like, I got to see what happens. So I trick myself. Yes. Very good. Very good. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, and that kind of segues into, uh, I hear you've been cooking a fair bit, uh, making Indian food. Yes. I've always wanted to make Indian food and I've, you know, I don't have the time. I don't have all the spices. So I went to like a local uh, place here and you kind of ordered in advance Mm. and they brought the bag out to your car. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was telling my friend, my Indian friends that I always like laughed about this spice kitchen. I get it. Like (laughs) I rearranged my entire pantry because like the whole two sides of it now are my spices. No way. Oh my gosh. And I've also never, you use this term with me in a text or an email yesterday. I have never heard the term spice kitchen. So for those of us who don't know what it is, are you saying that, um, that Indians sometimes have actual like whole separate areas for spices? Yes. Yes. My friend in Chicago, her parents lived with her. They were from India. Um, and they remodeled their kitchen and she literally had to have this whole back, almost like a butler's pantry Mm -hmm. that was the spice kitchen for her mom because, and it's like, you can't like just buy, you know, this is curry mix, which that's a whole other thing. Don't say curry for anything. (laughs) But anyways, (laughs) I learned a lot from her. I mean, she didn't speak English, but me and her from the mom. Uh Uh Yes. Peas in a pod. (laughs) And she showed her one hilarious secret was the chicken. She would buy it from Costco, the little breaded nugget chicken. And that's what she would use for the chicken tikka masala. But Mm. she was like, don't tell my husband. Like he cannot do this. (laughs) Her life hack, her cooking hack. (laughs) We all need a cooking hack, especially when like you're using 20 different spices. I mean, it's an all day affair, but I love it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. My kids, we love Indian food. We just adore it. But you're the baking queen, right? I am. I do a lot. I've always done a lot of baking, but definitely I've stepped it up because as my kids say that dinner is the one thing they look forward to now. So having a dessert is meaningful to them. And you know what? I like sweets. So, um, I mean, I also, I bake muffins, but, um, I have been baking angel food cake, which my kids totally make fun of the way I say angel food cake. They think it should be angel food cake. And I'm like, it's not food cake. Uh, it is angel food cake. (laughs) Or is it angel food cake? (laughs) So, so, um, and so I served that, I made one of those last yesterday afternoon and served that with homemade hot fudge sauce. And oh yeah, my, oh gosh, my dad adored the hot fudge sauce that my mother made. And so it really, and, and she, toward the end of his life, she just always had a pot of it on the the stove like she wouldn't put it away it would just kind of sit there and then then you got to you know warm it up and everything and so she let him have um vanilla he liked Haagen-Dazs vanilla ice cream with this hot fudge homemade hot fudge sauce on it and so she let him have that every dinner you know and pretty much oftentimes he'd eat more of the dessert than he would at the dinner and then probably she started letting him have it for lunch and it was just like ah, the dude's 92 like what I mean, have at it, you know, like put it in a Coke bottle and just drink it. That's what I'll be doing at 92. Oh my gosh, I can see a little hamster thing, you know, the little bottle and you can go up and just lick it. 
Yes. <laughs> a little roller ball at the end. We'll That's what I'm gonna do. I'm we're gonna, gonna and lick it. <laughs> we're gonna have to modify the roller ball so that it won't like get gunked up or anything. <laughs> well, that's your job. You have one job, okay? <laughs> okay. Come to my house, fix the roller ball. <laughs> I'll just push the button. I'll be like, mer, mer. <laughs> It's all stuck. Where were you? <laughs> oh my goodness. So I've been making that. I've made, I um, detailed making uh, carrot cake, which I think I've made, I think I've made two, two, one, I think I made twice, but then I did definitely, I have all the ingredients for it. So I'm going to make another one of those. Mm. So we somehow we ended up with just a surfeit of cream cheese. So I got to get rid of the cream cheese. <laughs> I hate that because now too with online ordering, I feel like sometimes I'll be like, I just need, you know, a dozen eggs and they come out with like, you know, 50. <laughs> we'll oh, see. Well, we didn't have that, but we had this. I'm like, <laughs> you need to make an angel food cake because they, you know, it uses 10 to 12 eggs. So oh, um, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Well, it uses egg whites. Didn't and, know that angel food cake had so many eggs. <laughs> yeah, I made so many. I had to buy new cream of tartar when I went to Whole Foods the other day. A cream of tartar. Yes, versus do not put tartar sauce in your angel cream food of cake. Tartar. <laughs> cream of tartar. Oh like these are the fights your family is having right now. The <laughs> emphasis on the word. You could tell that you're the mom. As Jack would say, are you putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable? <laughs> <laughs> and like your eyes just bug out of your head. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 So, um, Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, but despite all our talk of food, we do not have a nutritionist or a dietitian or a chef on today's show. Our guest today is Laura Tempesta, a sports bra expert and founder of a bra finder bra review site called Bravolution. And like last week's guest, Laura was supposed to be in studio with me. I can't believe I would have had to two weeks in a row in studio guests. I love in studio guests. Augie loves them. Alex loves them. Um, so instead it's just me and Augie here. Um, so Laura was going to fly down from her home in Vancouver, BC. Instead, she's joining us via zoom. Laura has an impressive sports bra resume that includes being, get this, the only American with a master's degree in lingerie design. Uh, she's also the only person in the world with an MA that was specifically designed to study the engineering design performance and innovation of sports bras. And uh, before she set out on her own, Laura was Nike's sports bra innovation director, because that's how Nike rolls with fancy titles like that. Um, Maggie and I will talk with Laura after this brief break. Stay tuned. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for remotely joining us. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on. Yeah, I'm sorry we couldn't be together here in Portland. Uh, no, likewise. But you know yeah. what? We're we're living in a new world and we're adapting, so it's all good. Yes, yes, yes. So I don't think I ever asked you, what activity gets you sweating in a sports bra? I actually do a lot of weightlifting and training. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I mentioned to you, I have this history of I spent a few years not able to walk after I had a knee surgery. Mm-hmm. So I, I was a runner many, many years ago, and then I had a knee surgery and had a, a really rare complication. And um, really long story short is I recovered by using weightlifting and by swimming. So mm-hmm. that is basically what I do now. I do a lot of training, swimming and weightlifting, and it, it gets me up and going and it keeps my legs strong. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of gratitude for having that in my life because it's really helped me quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. 
So you just alluded to this, but um, we know you have a really interesting backstory. It explains why you almost literally feel the pain of women who won't run because of breast pain or the wrong sports bra, chafing. Um, just saying the word makes me hurt. So <laughs> can you tell us more about why not being able to walk for nearly two years ignited your passion for helping women find sports bra solutions? Yes, absolutely. So um, like I told you, I used to be a runner. And I so I ran five miles a day. It was I lived and breathed running. It, it was my it was my everything. I had this really rare complication after a knee surgery and um, it resulted in a condition called RSD. And it left me it's a very painful condition. And it left me unable to walk for two years. And I had to do a ton of rehab and recovery to regain my ability to walk. Mm. And so this was this is a really big part of you know, my life story and, and feeling pain and and knowing what it's like to want to be active and have a part of your body prevent you from doing that. Like I know that so intimately. Uh, I worked at Nike for almost a decade, and I worked in their innovation department. And while I was in their innovation department, we we brought on a, a bra project. And through the 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 experience of sitting in focus groups and hearing women tell me about all of the reasons that they couldn't run, uh, one being that their breasts were too big and they were in too much pain, or their bras caused them too much pain, it really it really ignited a passion in me and really got me riled up because I was th sitting there thinking, and I can remember this exact moment, I was sitting there thinking, okay, I've had issues with my leg and not being able to run because of issues in your legs, that makes total sense. But not being able to run because your breasts are too big, that's ridiculous. Like this is a solvable problem. And um, it, it, I really felt like this is, this is my calling. Like I just had this, you know, aha epiphany moment and felt like this is my calling. This is what I want to solve. And, um, and the long story short is that Nike ended up sponsoring me to go and get a master's degree in lingerie design um, at a school in the UK that's specifically known for that. And the school doesn't offer the degree anymore, but at that time you could custom, de custom design a master's degree. So we worked with a school to custom design a degree that combined um, sports bra biomechanics, sports bra design, sports bra pattern making, um, all of the fabrics that go into sports bras, all of the research that had been done into sports bras into one degree so that mm -hmm. I could come out of that degree and be the most like holistic sports bra expert pretty much in the world. And, and, and that was what I did. And it's been my passion ever since. And, and yes, it was because of that experience with my legs that really allowed me to have empathy for people who were unable to run because of their breast size, especially. And I still feel quite passionate about that. And I still feel like the industry hasn't quite solved that problem. And, and I hope that to be part of that solution. Yeah, you can really hear the passion in your voice. I admire that. Yeah, I mean, you would think, yeah, more people would be interested in this, but that brings me to Bravolution. Can you tell us more about what exactly that is? Sure. Um, so I resigned from Nike back in 2016, and I, and it was honestly because of this passion that I have. And and you know, all due respect to Nike, it, it's a great company. But if you're someone like me who basically wants to change the world, um, and I wanted to change the world one ill-fitting sports bra at a time, you can't do that in the context of one brand. You have to be able to go out and influence multiple brands to change you know, how they're doing things. 
and it, it occurred to me that the only way for me to do that was probably to go into consulting, like to actually go out and, and like, obviously I have a very unique expertise. Um, I have a, you know, very deep expertise in sports bras in a way that no other expert in sports bras has, because most experts in sports bras are either biomechanists, they're either scientists or they're designers. And I'm somebody who bridges both of those worlds. Um, and my, like my master's thesis was specifically about how can we figure out how to make the best sports bras out there and what works and what doesn't. And so I knew that this deep expertise that I have, I could use to help lots of brands make better, make better bras, which ultimately was going to help the world in a much bigger way than just working with one brand. So I resigned from Nike and I started um, this brand called Bravolution. And it's, it's a combination of a couple of things. It's the name of my consulting practice. And it's also, it's kind of like um, kind of a, a vocal invisible resume that doubles as a public service. So I have, um, I have a guide on there, like a free guide to help women find the right sports bras. I also um, evaluate sports bras using slow motion videos, mm. um, high speed slow motion videos, and also my, my take on them as an expert. So I'll take a bra, put it on a bunch of different sizes, look at how they look in the slow motion videos, um, and then give my evaluation of how I think that bra performs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether or not I think it's a good buy or not, because that's one thing that, you know, a lot of manu manufacturers don't want you to see is how those bras perform in, in slow motion, because um, a lot of times if you see how they perform in slow motion, you probably wouldn't purchase them. So yeah. I wanted to kind of sh put a flashlight and magnifying glass on that and just allow consumers to see how bras actually perform through the lens of an expert. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. So, so Laura, talk about the sizing situation that you detailed to me in person that opener to me when we had tea together in January. So I think it was January. Um, so please describe what it is and how it impacts women trying to find the right bras for them. Sure. Oh my gosh. Sister sizing. So, <laughs> so you know that moment in your life where you first learn about sex and you're like, what is happening? Hold the phone. What is going on? This is what sister sizing was for me. Honestly, when I found out about sister sizing, my mind, <laughs> the, way, the way sister sizing works and the easiest way for me to describe it is a, so let's take four sizes that sound totally different. A um, 38A, 36B, 34C and 32D, same size breast. They mm -hmm. all fit the exact same size breast. And most women have no idea that this is how bras are sized. So I don't know why it's not CNN headline news, but, <laughs> but it is. So you, what you've been told your whole life is that A cups are small and D cups are large. When in actuality, there are A cups that are small and A cups that are large, and there are D cups that are small and there are D cups that are large. And every cup is also a D cup if her underband size changes. So the only difference between each of those sizes that I just described to you is the length of the underband. So a 38A and a 32D are the exact same, exact same size breast, but the length of the underband is different. And mm -hmm. why they decided that, that it would make sense to call those things two totally different things makes, you know, is is, is rooted in a very strange history where bra sizing began, began with Victorian shirt sizing, and then they had to figure out how to keep, you know, naming these bras as Victorian <laughs> shirt sizes, so they came up with this convoluted thing called sister sizing, but it is so ridiculous, and it is the reason why so many women are wearing the wrong bra size, and so it's, it's just, if, if you are going to buy a bra, please, I'm, I'm just going to, please, please, please educate yourself about sister sizing, because you can't, go into a store looking for a bra and not knowing that, that this is how bras are sized because then you're essentially putting all the power in the hands of the fitter 
um, to say, hey, tell me what my size is. Like, like a woman should go into a, a bra store knowing what, what bra sizing is, knowing what it looks like so that when a fitter says, hey, I think you're this size, you can counter back and say, you know, actually this underband feels a little tight. What about my sister size? Do you think I could actually be this other size instead? Mm-hmm. And, and that's something to, to know about for sure. And you have videos on your site that um, go, you know, short, quick hit videos, you know, three minutes long, whatever that, that take them through this. So that's that you're not trying to try to find research papers about this, but evolution can, can help the videos on there can help them figure this out. Yes. I explain it in my Ted talk as well. So there's oh, a little nice. explanation in that as well. Nice, nice, nice. So we like to solicit questions on our uh, Facebook page because our community is very interested in bras, obviously. Um, So Jenny has a question we all wanna know because we're all doing it wrong probably, but how long should a sports bra last and when do we need to replace it? Uh, This is an excellent question. So there's a general blanket rule that will tell you you should throw your bra out after a year, that a bra should never have a birthday. And what I would say to that is if you wear your bras all the time, that is a good general rule. Like if you don't have a lot of bras in your rotation, if you're wearing them, you know, several times a week. And and the reason for that is that because um, the, the support from a sports bra is coming from a lot of different things. It's coming from how it's constructed and it's coming from the fabric as well. And the, and the, and the fabrics in really high quality sports bras have a high spandex content and spandex over time starts to lose its power. So if you're using a bra frequently, you're washing it frequently, um, you definitely shouldn't be putting it in the dryer, but if you're you're washing it frequently, then you probably should be replacing it every year. Now, if you have a lot of bras in your rotation and you wear your bra maybe once a week, um, then you can probably have the bra last longer, like, uh, you know, maybe maybe a year and a half or or even two if you don't use it very often. But the general rule of thumb is a year. And that's that's kind of the blanket state, statement I'll make, not knowing what someone's personal situation is. But there is uh, there is some leeway in that, depending on on how often you use your bra. And and one one way to test is like when somebody goes to purchase a bra, I'll, I'll tell them one of the things that they can do is they can use a slow motion um, feature on their camera to like to video themselves in the dressing room, maybe jumping up down and just seeing how, how much they're moving in the bra. Like if you do that when you purchase the bra and then you do it a year later, like that, that might give you a sense of whether or not the bra is still supporting you well. Um, or, or you can just, you know, look at, well, gosh, am I, am I really having to to tighten the bra more at the underband or tighten the straps more? Am am I feeling a little bit more (laughs) saggy in it than I did originally? Then it's time to throw it out because then it's not doing its job. It's not supporting you. And I want to jump on something you mentioned um, that we should not put bras in the dryer. Um, I feel like most of us know that, but maybe we didn't learn that until our thirties. <laughs> maybe that's just me. Um, what is the best washing and care protocol for bras? Put that another way. How much do you need to babysit bras in the laundry room? Uh, and another excellent question. So I'm going to tell you how I take care of mine as a bra expert. I do not hand wash my bras. I don't have time for that. And, and I don't know who does. Right. <laughs> I know that that's what they tell you to do, but I, I don't do that. What I do is I, I put mine in a lingerie bag and I knot the bag so that even, even in the bag, the bra isn't moving around too much. So, you know, mm. I put it at the bottom of the bag, I knot the bag. So it's, it's really securely in there. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I wash it in on the gentle cycle and sometimes I just wash it in cold. I don't put any fabric softeners. Um, fabric softeners will, will prevent the bra from wicking. So don't use fabric softeners either in the washer um, and please don't put it in the dryer. But if, if you do, don't use fabric softeners in the dryer. But ideally, you, would, um, you, you can hand wash it or you can wash it the way I've just told you and then you hang it to dry. 
that's the best way to take care of a bra. Did you take notes, Sarah? I did. I did. Because <laughs> I, was, I was writing furious. <laughs> I am the worst bra owner ever, apparently. Are you putting, your, are you putting them in the dryer with fabric softener? I uh, don't want to tell you because okay. you have a <laughs> TED Talk about bras. <laughs> and I will feel the judgment coming. I will just say I plead the fifth. <laughs> well, there's, always, there's always a time to, you know, to make a new stand and to, and to start a new life. I'm, a, you take I'm, turning, I'm turning my bra <laughs> turning life around today. Yeah, turning your leaf with your bras. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the topic of bra fit with this question from Kristen. How tight is too tight? She said she's been fitted at her local store, but it always seems like the band is way too tight. Um, should she expect a break-in period or just suck it up and ignore their fitting and go with what feels better? And then Becca asked that same question in another way, decent compression without suffocation. I'm only a B, so it shouldn't be that difficult. Yes. So let me start again by talking a little bit about sister sizing and, and all of these bras that, that fit the same breast but have slightly different underbands. So if you don't mind, I'm going to digress a little into mm -hmm. also just figuring out your right size too, because I think that this yep. is related. So one of, um, as a bra expert, I'm going to tell you that measuring is a myth. So mm. measuring persists in the retail industry because it is so pervasive in consumers' minds that this is how you get size for a bra. That they keep doing it, but in actuality, um, you know, bra stores and retailers who know their salt know that measuring is not the right way to, to get somebody's bra size. It gets you into the ballpark. And, and the, the analogy that I use is like, imagine if we were going to make a cake and I said, okay, now just pour a bunch of flour on your counter and take a measuring tape and put that measuring tape over the flour and 12 inches of flour is what you need for your cake. <laughs> that doesn't work. Okay. So, so measuring tapes are for linear a to B measurements on hard surfaces. They are not for 3D soft masses. <laughs> okay, you can't determine a volume from a measuring tape. You, you just can't. You can give, like if you have, you know, a tablespoon of flour versus three cups of flour, yeah, you can get a sense of how much flour you have, but you can't get an exact amount of flour because like, where do you start this measuring tape? Do you start it where there's a little few, few grains of flour? Do you go where the bulk of the flour is? What if you didn't put the flour in evenly? What if you have more flour at the top or the bottom? Like, and breasts are like that. There are breasts that are top heavy. There are breasts that are bottom heavy. So, so using a measuring tape to assess the breast it, itself, you know, does not work. And then also for the, the rib cage as well, it's an, another thing that just gets you into the ballpark and doesn't give you an exact size. So remember, the rib cage, the 32, 34, et cetera, that came from Victorian shirt sizing. And when people tell you to put a measuring tape around you and add four or five inches, they're just trying to get you in the ballpark of a Victorian shirt size. They're not, it doesn't tell you necessarily what your band size actually is. So another analogy for this is, is think about like the belt that you use for your jeans, right? Imagine if instead of a hard piece of leather, that was a stretchy piece of elastic and it still had all those holes in it. Mm -hmm. And instead of three belts that you could purchase, there are six belts that you could purchase between 30, 32, 34, 36. How many belts would fit you if they are stretchy and all have holes in them? Like mm -hmm. that have multiple adjustments, mm -hmm. a lot of belts, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the difference between like a 32 and a 34 is just a few centimeters. 
So there are, I mean, there is just this pervasive, you know, belief in, in the bra world that somebody is, you are this size and you're only this size. And I'm telling you that is not true. Not, not, not even within a brand, you'll be multiple sizes or multiple sister sizes, depending on how that bra was constructed, which fabrics they used. So, so you need to have an open mind when, when, again, and this is why it's really important to be empowered when you go and purchase a bra and know about bra sizing so that you don't have the fitter telling you what your size is. And then you come out um, like your listener here and feel like, gosh, this really just doesn't feel like it's the right size. The bottom line is if it's uncomfortable, it's the wrong size. It's, mm. you know, you do want to be able to be able to expand your lungs and to breathe. Like you have to be able to do that comfortably. You know, I'll tell people you shouldn't be able to pull out the back of the bra, the underband, like you shouldn't be able to pull it out more than an inch when it's a running bra because you don't want it shifting around on you because you don't want it chafing you. But at the end of the day, if you're thinking about your bra when you're wearing it, it's the wrong bra. Your preference and your comfort is, is, is key. You know, you have like a, a technical need as a running bra. It's got to fit a certain way. It's, it's got to be tight enough that it's supporting you and it's not chafing you. It's also got to not, not be so tight that it's distracting you either. And, you know, and there are also different fit philosophies with different bra stores and different brands. So for example, in the UK, the fit philosophy is the fit tight. So when I get fit in the UK, I'm always a 30, 30 band, always, always. When I get fit in the United States, I'm always a 32 band because in the US, the fit philosophy is to fit a little, a little bit looser. Neither one of those is, is wrong. It's just a preference. So what I tell people is if you prefer your band slightly looser and the bra isn't riding up in the back, it's not chafing you, it's okay to go a little bit looser in your sister size. That's perfectly fine. Um, the question about compression, there I would say, again, um, well, look for, look for lots of different bras because there are different levels of compression in different bras. Some are very compressive. Um, some have, you know, slightly more molded cups and they allow a little bit more room. And this also depends on, on a person and, and what their breast type is. So there are, within a size, like within 36B, for example, there are pendulous breasts, there are top-heavy breasts, there are bottom-heavy breasts, there, you know, breasts, there are such an abundance of breast shapes. And so there are certain bras that will fit a breast shape and a breast type really well, and they won't fit another breast shape and a breast type, other type really well, even though two people are the exact same size. So try a bunch of different, a bunch of different options. And as again, as long as you're comfortable and you're not experience, experiencing breast pain, to me, the most important thing is that the bra is not distracting you. Mm -hmm. I just could not write fast enough to take down all those notes. <laughs> Wait, what? Go back. So I just had an aha moment too. I feel, and maybe everyone's like, uh, no kidding. But I feel like, um, like with shoes, running shoes, right? We all, people might swear by Brooks, but I think there's a different brand for everybody. Yes. yes like it, maybe Lululemon sure. is your brand, but mine is something else. Okay, sorry. I'll get back to the questions and I'll stop my aha moments. Um, okay, so you give us, you just give us a lot of information, which is amazing, and I could not write fast enough. But can you just detail the key components of sports bra fit for us? I know from watching the videos on your site and what you've been saying, it's really critical the underband fit. But like, if we go in, what are the key components we need to look for? 
Okay, so, so when I tell people to look for a sports brother, there are th kind of three stages that, that, that I walk them through. The first stage is I call like the universal truth stage. The <laughs> second stage is what to look for in a bra, and the third stage is what to look for in a dressing room. So, so I'm going to be talking a lot, and you're probably going to be writing a lot, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll walk you through all the stages. So the first stage, which to me is the foundation, the universal truth stage, is, is two things. So first, the bra needs to fit you like it was custom made for you. And the more it fits you like it was custom made for you, the better the fit is going to be in a running bra. And the second is what I just said, which is that you need to have zero distractions in a running bra. If, if you're thinking about your bra while you're, while you're wearing it, it, it's the wrong bra. So with that in mind, the second stage of, of figuring out which bra to even take into you, take into the dressing room with you, um, the acronym I use to help people decide that is I call it the ABCCs of sports bras, so ABCCS. So the A stands for adjustability, and you're looking for adjustability in the straps and in the underband because that's a bra that's the most likely to fit you as if it's made for you if you can micro-adjust it to your particular body. Now, that being said, there are bras that don't have those adjustments that fit people really well, and that's because they just happen to fit the bra that's made just happens to fit their bra body well, and that's great if that happens to be you. But if not, you're, you should look for something that has adjustability. For B, that's bra-sized, um, so you know, like 36A, 36B, that's more likely to fit you than a small, medium, large size bra is. And in the industry, we call that alpha size because it's using letters, so SML. Um, so again, there are people who fit SML bras quite well, and that's because they have their breast size matches their clothing size. So they have small breasts, small clothing size, medium breasts, medium clothing size. Like if that's you, again, great you know, have at it. That's, that's wonderful. You can wear a small, medium or large size bra, but if that's not you, then you should be wearing a bra size bra so that it can fit you as if it was made for you. Um, the first C is for cups. And what you're going to look for in cups is two things. One, you want to look for something that looks like a dome and not a cone. And what I mean by that is you want, you want like this, like shallow, shallow curve of a cup. The longer and pointier the cup is, the more your breasts are going to move. And the second thing you want to look for is little stretch. The more the, the more the, the bra stretches, the more the breasts will move. So, you know, if, when I'm talking to people about bras for all kinds of activities, I'll tell them, yeah, for yoga, you can have a really stretchy bra and be super comfortable. But for running, you need to have little stretch. And especially in the cups, you're looking for as little stretch as possible. And then the second C is cleavage. C for cleavage, mm. meaning that if you can see cleavage, um, it's not it's not a good running bra because anything any breast tissue that's exposed is going to move. So if you can see cleavage, that means either the cups are too small or the design of the bra is meant to show cleavage, which means it's probably not the best choice for running. It's meant for something else. <laughs> <laughs> Lounging around yeah. and watching Netflix. Yeah, you know, looking like, good. Looking like a hottie at the gym or whatever. I mean, then that's fine. You know, that's, that's no problem, but it's not, not for running. So. <laughs> Taking so, selfies and, in the mirror. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then the, the S, the S is for stretch. So, so, so going back to what I just said is that you're looking for a bra that has um, um, as little stretch as possible, especially in the cups and in the front straps. Those are two areas that you want to make sure are locked out when you're talking about a running bra. So that's what you want to look for in a bra before you take it into, into the dressing room. Now, once you're in the dressing room, then there are a bunch of other things that you need to look for. So first and foremost, you need to know that you're in the right size. So hopefully you've been professionally fit um, at a place that does really good professional fittings. Like I recommend um, Nordstrom. 
-hmm. and, and Nordstrom is, is funny because they have all these measuring tapes in the, in the dressing room that they use as props because they know that um, consumers <laughs> need to see them to feel like feel the confidence in the process. They never use them <laughs> because they know that's not the way to size someone because they're smart. Um, they actually use um, standard bras, which is what, how I also recommend that people get size is like they have a set of bras that they know, like they know that this bra is, is definitely a 36B and they, they put a person in it and if they fit in the bra, they're a 36B and if they don't, they're not. Um, so Nordstrom is a great place to get sized. Title IX is also a, another good place to get sized. So those are places that I recommend to people. So, so get sized, figure out what your size is, know what your sister sizes are and go into the dressing room armed with that information. Um, and then the next thing you want to do is you want to make sure the bra is properly adjusted. So you want to make sure that the shoulder straps are adjusted and the underband is adjusted if it has those, you know, adjustment options. And with the shoulder straps, you don't have to adjust it the same on both sides because most people have one shoulder that's a little bit higher than another. Mm. So just so adjust it so that it fits your, your particular body. And then in terms of what hook you should put it on, um, you know, Experts will tell you you should put it on the loosest hook, and, and I'll just kind of, I generally say that as a blanket statement as well, and that's because as the bra starts to wear out, if you do want to keep your bra a little bit longer, you can cinch it into the middle and then to the tightest hook mm. um, and keep the bra a little bit longer. Mm. Um, so if, if that's something that you're interested in, then you want to look for one that fits on the loosest hook. But there's nothing wrong with fitting a bra on the middle hook if that's what you prefer to. So that, that's totally up to you. Mm -hmm. um, but so adjust it properly. And then do, um, do a stretch test on the straps and on the underband. So, so pull up on, on, on the shoulder straps and see how far you can pull them up. If they're properly adjusted and you can pull them up, say, more than half an inch in a running bra, it, it's, it means there's either too much stretch, stretch in the bra or it's not a good, good fit for you. Mm -hmm. um, and then with the underband, like I said before, pull out the back of the underband. If it's pulling out, you know, probably more than an inch, it's, again, maybe you need to, you know, cinch it tighter or you need to go down an underband size. The, the two biggest fit issues in, in bras is either um, cups that are too small or underbands that are too big. So, so those are the two things that you're going to see most often. You're going to see somebody who's in the, in the right cup size, meaning they're, they're in the right sister size class, but they're just in the wrong size. So they, they've got the wrong underband size and usually it's too big or they've got cups that are too small. Like that's, those are, that's another really common fit issue. So speaking of cups, that's the next thing you should look at. And knowing that cups are usually too small if they aren't fitting, look to see like, are you seeing that cleavage? Are you, are you busting out anywhere? Mm -hmm. um, do you have anything called double busting? That, that's when like the, the neckline of the bra is cutting into your breasts and you can see like a little bump on top of, on top of where the neckline hits. It looks like a little M. Mm -hmm. um, so you wanna make sure you don't have double busting. Now, alternatively, if, if you're somebody who's in a cup that's too loose and that does happen every so often, you're going to see wrinkling or space in the cups. And, and if, that, if that's happening, then the cups are too loose. Then the next thing you should look at is the band. So again, I said usually the bands are too big. So um, just make sure that it's not riding up in the back. That means it's too big or you're not able to pull it out too far. That also means it's too big. Um, and then look at the straps and make sure, like do an assessment of your shoulder slope and, um, and your shoulder width. So if you're somebody who has narrow and or sloping shoulders, you're going to be wanting to use a racer back and not a bra with straight straps. And one way to tell if the bra straps are going to fall off your shoulders, um, it's a little bit difficult to explain uh, without a visual, but I'm gonna try. So, mm -hmm. so take your, um, your, your right hand and put it on your left shoulder as if you're like tapping your shoulder, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and then have your pinky all the way at the edge, all the way at the very end of your shoulder and lay, lay your four fingers down. So keep your thumb out of it. Just lay your four fingers down. 
if, you're, if your index finger is covering or partially covering your bra strap, it's probably going to fall off. It's mm. probably going to start to slip off at some point. And that's for both an everyday bra and a, and a running bra. So if, that, if you do that and you notice the shoulder straps are, are you know, going toward the, the outside there, then you probably want to look for a different style and, and one that has more of a racer back shape or one that has shoulder straps that are, that are a little closer to the neck. And then the final, the final thing I tell people to do is to do that slow motion video. So if you have that feature on your, on your cell phone, set it to slow-mo, do some running um, in, the, uh, in the dressing room and see, and see if you can see a lot of movement while, while you're doing that. And it is really surprising when you do that, how much movement you'll actually see. Um, mm. The final test, of course, is how comfortable the bra is. So purchase from a store that allows you to return after wearing it. Mm. And um, if you go out for a run or two and you decide, hey, you know what, this isn't working for me, then you shouldn't feel guilty at all about returning it. Like that's why those stores have those policies. Wow. Laura woman, you know, your stuff you are <laughs> seriously like you can, I, 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 I just, speechless. I feel like you're like Joan of Arc for sports. Balls. Like, <laughs> like I can see you like with your like sword and your, your, you know, your armor and you're like, I can do this. I can help these people. <laughs> Because I'm going to be up in Nordstrom, like, I need to see my sister's size, and I'm just going to take a little video, y'all stand back. People are going to be afraid of me. <laughs> like, I am not, I am not leaving here without the right bra. Yes, my, my goal is Revolution. to make you a, a sports bra badass. If you can be a sports bra badass, I've done my job. Yeah. <laughs> you to be running through Nordstrom. Revolution! <laughs> Never again! <laughs> oh my gosh, so, well, the word badass resonates very strongly with us so that so that's fabulous that you use it um so let's shift to the topic of chafing because numerous women on our facebook page asked about it i definitely man it is the bane of my existence so what sort of anti-chafing advice do you have and in you know in very it's there's so many places you know for a while for me it was right under my breast and now like I practically almost lost my scar that's there because now it's happening on the sides and it's just like, ugh. Is it the same bra, Sarah? Um, for a while it was. I remember we were having tea and I bring mine with you with <laughs> me to show you. Um, no, so I've tried to switch up the bras that I wear. Yeah, and it's just, but I just, you know, it's such a common complaint among our crowd. So kind of, what can you talk about? Because because when I remember when we were talking in person, you were talking about how it um, it might be the threads and like the the, the kind of little right like little tiny yeah. ones coming up yeah yeah I have a lot to say about this so good, um, good. <laughs> <laughs> well well first just kind of a level set up on what chafing is so so just recognize that chafing is is both an both an internal and an external environmental thing so. So chafing is very individual. It, it can depend on your person's skin sensitivity and how much they sweat. You know, it's a hormonal thing. So you could have, you know, two, two women, same exact bra size, same exact marathon, same bra. One will have chafing and one won't, right? So, oh, yeah. so, like, so there, there's a, there's a, it's your body shape. There's a lot that goes into it that's individual. There's also environmental. And, and environmental is, is, you know, the weather. Is it super humid? Um, are you on a, you know, triathlon? Are you do you have salt or sand or anything that's, you know, part of the, part of the equation that's, that's falling uh -huh. in there. And then of course the bra, the bra itself. Uh -huh. And um, with the bra itself, there's a few things that you want to look for. Um, one thing I want to just, you know, do a little myth busting on bonding. So what bonding is, and, and manufacturers love bonding and designers love bonding because it makes these super, super modern looking 
bras because it doesn't use any stitching. And what they do is they glue the fabrics together. Now, the problem with that, if you've glued paper together or glued fabric together on your own, is that it creates a very stiff seam. Mm-hmm. And it also creates a seam that has, it's a moisture barrier. So the, the, the moisture ends up getting trapped uh, where the bonding is. So on the one hand, um, you definitely want, you want to run your finger along any seams and see if they feel rough to you. Like that's mm-hmm. like when you're purchasing the bra, like, like run, run your finger, see what feels rough. Um, but don't assume that just because a bra doesn't have seams that it's going to be better either. Uh, and that's just my call out about bonding because, you know, like bonding, they'll, they'll free cut a, a fabric, meaning they won't, um, you know, they won't cover the seams on the, on the edges. They'll just free cut it because it's glued. And that can actually be, that can cause a rough, a rough edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 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 you know, run your fingers around it, see, see how it feels. Don't think that because it has thread, that it's a bad thing. There are threads that are softer than others. So there are some really um, beautiful threads called seam soft that manufacturers use that, that feel really, really soft against the skin. They are more expensive than regular threads are. So you usually find them in higher end sports bras, mm-hmm. but they do exist. And I find that they don't chafe um, as much as even a bonded seam does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing you want to look for is um, I call it a smooth, but not slippery. So mm-hmm. a lot of really well-meaning meaning manufacturers will pick these super slippery, soft fabrics for sports bras that, that are luxurious and, and feel great, you know, especially right when you put them on or, you know, when you're in the dressing room and you'll think, oh, well, it's so soft and it's so, you know, luxurious, it's going to be great. Well, the thing is, if it's so soft, it's slippery, it's going to start moving on you. Mm-hmm. And then it will also cause some micro, some mm-hmm. micro, you know, movements and, and some chafing. So you want something that's smooth but not slippery. And, and like a lot of those, those underbands that have a little bit of brushing to them, you know, mm-hmm. they feel like those are great because they, although they're a little bit, they run warm, they will, they will tack down on, on your body and mm-hmm. they won't, they won't shift the way like a slippery, mm-hmm. a slippery underband will. And, and, and that being said, the problem with bras is it's like, imagine if you went running uh, without any socks on. I mean, the odds of you getting blisters and chafing are, are quite high. Right. And, mm-hmm. With bras being right against the skin, with no barrier in between, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a risk of chafing if you're somebody who's prone to that, or if the, especially if the bra isn't fitting you really tightly, as you know, as tightly as it can, to the point of not causing you discomfort. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, so so to me, like honestly, like I used to use Kinesio tape, I, I, and which is you know not the most attractive thing, but it's because the, the tape once it's on your body, it doesn't move, right? So yeah. anything you put over that is it's not going to chafe you. And bras, by the nature of what they are, they're always going to move a little bit. So, so your, your best bet is to look for something that, that A, you know, run your fingers along the inside, make sure it's smooth, not slippery, make sure you're not, you know, feeling any jagged edges on, on either bonding or, or, or seams or threads. Uh, make sure that it fits you really well, as snugly as possible. But if you're somebody who's just prone to that, you might just need to use something like, you know, kinesio tape or, um, yeah, kind you of know. like second skin type, those, the, yeah. the, yeah. the compete, I think it's called the, the kind of, um, yes. blister prevention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's another great option too. I mean, that's, that's a little bit more expensive, but I, and even though I've never personally used that, I bet it would work really well. Oh yeah. Um, we had yeah. a, when, um, we've had a guest on previously and she had, um, uh, breast augmentation and she um i she and i ran boston the same year and we were part of the same program and she showed me after the race like she's like this is what i have to wear because this is the scar i have from my chafing and so she buys like a whole sheet of it and um 
you know, it's kind of that wound um, kind of covering stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great solution. And, you know, and could they design a bra that's made to go in conjunction with something like that? Sure, of course they could. And, and you know, maybe that's coming. But <laughs> until then, you know, I can't tell you that there's a, a you know, this, you know, holy grail bra that prevents that, but you can, uh, you can do it by, by making sure that you're in the right size. And the other thing too, that you want, so going back to bonding, you know, keeping moisture against your body, like stay away from cotton bras, like stay away from any kind of fabric that isn't going to wick sweat or, you know, a bra that's really thick and heavy, because if you've got these really thick, heavy cups or a whole bunch of layers in the bra, then that's also going to trap sweat against your body, which is going to give you a higher likelihood of chafing too. So that's another thing to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the layers, um, we're going to go inside the bra for a minute. Um, Ooh, this is that. a question. I like it. You know, I'm like, I'm not <laughs> a bra expert. I'm going to up my game here with these questions. Um, I'm just leading you into a question everyone's asking. And this one is from Michelle. Um, a lot of people asked this though, when we said we were going to talk to you, they, so many women could do without the inserts. So she, her question is, how can I find one that is supportive, but doesn't have the inserts? The inserts always get bunched up. They drive me insane, but I can't find a supportive one without inserts. Yes, the removable cups, those are about as polarizing as underwires are. Yeah, people <laughs> either love them or hate them. Mm -hmm. um, and and from the, so from the perspective of a manufacturer, the reason why manufacturers use those is because there's such a dichotomy in, whether, in, in preference on that. There are some women who absolutely love those cups. And, um, and so when a, a designer designs a sports bra and they feel they've come up with a great design, they don't want somebody to purchase it because it has cups or not purchase it because it has cups. Like, like they wanna give people the option, which is why they do that. This is very much an imperfect solution because as your listener said, they move all over the place. You put them in the wash, they, they turn into, you know, powder. I mean, it's just like, I mean, honestly, it's, there's, there's so much, there's so much room for innovation with, with those removable cups. Um, that being said, you know, I think there are some manufacturers that do that a little bit better than others. You know, if, if it's like this really flimsy piece of foam, it's not going to last long. Um, and you know, you really take, take care with it. Uh, other manufacturers have, you know, insertable cups that are a little, little bit more hefty. The, I mean, there's, you have to, if you're someone who doesn't prefer to have cups in your sports bras, odds are you're going to need to find, just specifically look for a bra that isn't made with, with any kind of foam padding in it. And those sports bras exist. Um, and, you know, otherwise, you know, if you're lucky enough to, to have one of those bras and when you take the pads out, it still fits you really well, great. Uh, the problem is when, when manufacturers make those those bras are kind of you know going on on one they have to straddle both sides they have to make the bra go okay well it has to fit well enough without the cups and well enough with the cups it's never really a completely great fit one way or the other because they're trying to satisfy both both sides of it mm -hmm. so you know maybe you might have to go down a size um, so that you know, you, you want to take those cups out and go down a size so that you actually get the compression that you need without the cups in. Mm -hmm. um, that's another thing to look for. But, but I totally hear the complaints on that. And I get, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's a, a lot of room for innovation there, there with those mm -hmm. for sure. But my, my, my thing is probably the best thing is to look for the bra that was designed without them to begin with, if you're not a fan of those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this final question is, um, a comment from Beth that it took me a second to get, but then it totally cracked me up. She said, why don't they install butt height panic buttons in fitting rooms? 
And what she's talking about is the dreaded help. I can't get this bra off. Um, <laughs> and and um, as Nicole wrote, she said, I've had some doozies of a workout where my arms and chest were so dead and I was so sweaty. I was sure I was going to just have to keep wearing the bra until it rotted off on its own. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so man, I hear, I hear that. Oh my gosh, just lately with my marathon training. So my bras are just soaking and I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I, how am I going to get this off? So what do you have any, do you, can you leave us a, with any, you know, how do we get this bra off advice? Oh dear. Uh, buy a bra with a closure. <laughs> I know that's not what you want to hear. Um, but it's, that is just the nature of anything that's wet, um, and tight. I mean, once you, once you put it, if you put something dry on before it gets soaked with sweat, Mm-hmm. trying to get it off once it's wet is a doozy. I mean, trying to do it without you. And that's, so again, that is just another area where I feel like manufacturers have so much room for innovation is, is to make bras, especially bras with front closures. And the thing with zippers is like, to me, zippers are just as hard to get on. Like, yeah. I mean, like you gotta like hold your boobs with one hand yes. and trying mm-hmm. to finagle the zipper with it. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. I, tried, I, I tried that the other day at the store. It was so hard. And then I was like pushing them in and yeah. Yeah. Or then, or I um, used to test bras sometimes for magazine articles and I would like three miles into a run, I realized the zipper was like halfway down. I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it, it takes a much more expensive zipper to prevent that from happening. So manufacturers yeah. will sometimes skimp on that. Right? Oh, yes. <laughs> so, so yes. Um, so I guess the first, the first thing is bras with, with closures. A, I think they're probably going to fit you better anyway, per my earlier advice about, you know, mm-hmm. using, finding bras with closures. But obviously easier to get off. The second thing that you can do is and this is only going to work for certain people is that sometimes you can go the opposite way. You can push it down over your hips. Oh, oh yeah. Versus, yep. Yep. versus trying that. to get it on over your, your shoulder. So that's, but it only works for, you know, if you have really wide hips, then it's probably not going, going but, to help. But if you're somebody whose hips and shoulders are about the same with the part, then you can do that as well. But, but then let's talk, why is it back to Beth's comment about the butt height panic buttons. Why is it that it helps to lean over and stick your butt out? Like, why does that make it ease, like kind of ease the situation and make it so you can get that? Like, I don't understand physiologically. Why is that? I think it might be a gravity thing. Like oh. you're, you know, rather than, you know, going against, you're sort of going with and down. <laughs> Have you guys ever been stuck in a bra in the fitting yeah. room and you're trying to get it off and you hear the little seam go rip? Oh, yeah. yeah. And you're like, I hope no one else is in here. <laughs> and it's so loud, it like echoes around yeah. the halls of the entire mall. You're like, rip. <laughs> Do I have to buy this now? I know. Oh. My goodness, the struggle is real, as Maggie yeah. often says. <laughs> it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And see, that, that is why. That is why I've dedicated my life to this, because there is just so much room for improvement. I, know. I tell you now, if I could only, if I was an illustrator, I would totally like now you'd be like part superwoman, part Joan <laughs> of Arc. Oh my gosh, I want to make a caricature. So <laughs> I drew it in my mind. Yes, that's, that's the best I can do. So Laura, it was a delight talking with you. And um, I hope the next time it can be in person. So thanks for joining us. Likewise. Thank you. So lovely to talk to you as well.
All right. Well, um, we hope that you love this show. And if so, you uh, please subscribe to our podcast and make it so the settings in whatever podcast app you use automatically download all the podcasts, including this one that you subscribe to. So why am I making this a rather specific request? It's that a show's popularity is judged by how many downloads it gets. And the more downloads, the more new listeners find our show. And truth be told, the more brands want to advertise on our show, which helps us to keep making it. So please subscribe to and make it so your settings automatically download the podcast you're subscribed to. Thank you so very much. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy minds.